0: Ramble.
1: Well, it's another day in beautiful America. Here we are. It's the tripod with your favorite Try Guys. You got everybody slowly getting his beard back. Favorite Ned. A A cute little Pokemon boy with a Pikachu look today, Eugene.
2: Pikachu.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Eugene, you look very
3: Tour de France. You do. It's a very... tight-fitting Pikachu shirt it's like a like a the, the winner's jersey I think and you got yeah. the target that, on your back didn't the, you
2: buy this for me as a present
3: I did yeah yeah got the right yeah. size size gay
2: also Miles is here
1: hey
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're talking about a lot of things today we're going to talk about some <laughs> alternate careers maybe some disasters we had maybe some other stuff but first house just a check in I'm about to chill, check in, check in with our little chickens. You know, chicken, we, should po- chicken. we should point
2: out that um, our our littlest chicken Zach can't make today's podcast. He's flown the coop.
1: He's, <laughs> he's out
2: pecking on the ground.
3: Yeah, it is. It, it is funny. Like having days off when <laughs> everything <laughs> is the same It's like it. it it's different. It's funny. You yeah. just, I guess, the weekends you just. Do more fun things than mm. <laughs> than working, and if you're taking a day off during the week, my weekends the kind of, they kind of run into the week.
0: Like I still wake, I try to still wake up at the same time on the weekend anyway. Yeah, because I'm like I don't know, I got the same routine making coffee in the morning, but they're right, like, right, right. Like similar.
3: same, same for me also, but because I have a baby. For the first time this Sunday night, I was like, man. That was a really fun weekend. I think I would be cool having a three day weekend. Like I'm not <laughs> sure I'm ready to go back to work. And then I was like, "What are you talking about? You're all
1: everything's the same." So I've been like getting takeout uh, on weekends. That's been my sort of. Uh, I want to support the restaurants in my neighborhood so they stay afloat. And also, I hate doing dishes, and there's so many dishes nowadays because you feel like, well, I should be. I got nothing to do. I'll bake something, and that's just. A dish disaster, but I did. We had leftover chili and uh, some coleslaw, and we made the coleslaw better by adding some really good Dijon mustard. And I took the chili and I put it and I made papusas out of it. Ooh. Now I, they were not beautiful. I was very bad at getting the chili hidden within the papusa. I have no idea how people make papusas. It is <laughs> seems like the most impossible. It seems magic. I could not get it to not have the chili bursting out, but it still tasted good.
3: But it was a fun, inventive. They're just way like to, little, you know. little like breaded kind of packets of. It's a tortilla good stuff.
1: Basically, it's a stuffed oh. tortilla. So you oh. make a tortilla, you make the dough for a tortilla, and then you uh-huh. pat it down, and then you put the food in it, and then you're supposed to wrap it up, and then in a way, somehow you can pat it down again so that it looks like it's just a normal like fat tortilla that secretly holds food within and so, i watched oh. so many videos mm. online and i could not get it i, I there's something about their their it's like their beautiful salvadorian hispanic hands. cannolis it's like a hot pocket kind of <laughs> it's it's basically like a quesadilla if you made a quesadilla with only one tortilla and it was fat mm. and bready and delicious cool but it normally comes with like a slaw on top they make like this cool like vinegary cabbage slaw but we didn't have that so this is kind of like a a Barbecue American barbecue pupusa because they were chili oh, pupusas yeah. with a like Dijon mustard slaw and they were actually very good.
3: You know, we've been doing very similar things. We've been supporting local restaurants, but anytime we go and order a takeout, we'll also order from their pantry. So many restaurants are offering yeah. up their pantry, and the portions can be kind of deceiving. <laughs> so we ordered like the side of chips from the pantry, and then we get like this four-gallon <laughs> giant thing of chips. <laughs> <laughs> then we ordered the side of guac from the pantry, and it's like a whole two pints of guac. Where, where, where oh, are State. you getting this? i mean This in. is from Home State, my favorite. Oh yeah. breakfast oh, taco yeah. place. It's good. You gotta go pick it up. There's no delivery, you guys. Of course, now that but- I'm
1: back in the egg world. I get to have breakfast tacos and breakfast oh, burritos again, and oh, I'm excited Keith. for home state because I that's Bonjour. one I've been missing out on forever. Bonjour
3: to you, sir. I'm very yeah.
1: excited.
2: <laughs> well, speaking of tacos, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, certain, yeah. yeah uh, certain, a certain certain song,
2: certain song that Keith originated on the tripod about uh, y'all's people's taco night mm-hmm. uh, might be a new TikTok trend. Can you speak on that, Keith?
1: yeah um i like how you said y'all's peoples really makes me feel seen (laughs) well yeah this is our people appreciating our culture um (laughs) we (laughs) so we a long time ago i don't remember what it was what the spur of this was before the tripod even launched for our patreon listeners they they heard it first Mm -hmm. super old and i sang the song called white people taco night i think it was about and it was just a very cute you know four bar song very simple and it has blown up on TikTok. And by blown up, I mean it's like one of the trending options. It's doing pretty well. The original one that was posted like last week before it was even as trending as popular now, it had like over a million uh, little (laughs) Tic (laughs) Tacs. Wow, that's really good. And uh, there's lots of people that have been doing it and I've seen it all over the place. People are tagging me every day on Twitter being like, Keith, your taco song. Um, So the secret's out. I am working on a, a full length taco white people taco night song <laughs> because that's what that's how the world works now you get your song viral on tiktok then you have enough money to produce a music video for yeah. it put it on youtube and it trends i mean drake just did it isn't that his new song people are calling it out as just being fishing for a tiktok hit because it's like a dance it's like a step to the right and slide to the left kind of thing oh, um, basically good. he wrote like a mambo number no. five type dance song <laughs> <laughs> For the purpose of it being popular on TikTok, so that it would definitely
0: chart. You guys know that there's a lot there's a lot of other lyrics to Mambo like to cha to cha no, cha slide that there's like alternative lyrics that are a whole song and you can sing it at a karaoke bar.
1: I guess you're right. I meant Cha Cha Slide, not Mama Number Five. However, I do love Mama Number Five.
3: It's one of my favorite songs. Mama Number Five could also be a TikTok trend, but in a different way.
1: Actually, that would be a great TikTok song. It's just going through like all of like different types of outfits
0: for the different. Oh, that's good. Well, Keith, because of the, the massive success of White People Taco Night, do you care to give the people another sample that they can use right now for ooh, their TikTok? Yeah, ooh, on, Keith, let me let's see. create
1: a TikTok hit. Oh, but hold on, Look, I have some lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pull them out. Uh, Wait, me... Ned, so
2: I was, I was going crazy trying to remember this because I swore that we had talked about White People Taco Night way before Keith sang that intro. Was that in one of the Patreon-exclusive like podcasts before we publish the podcast
3: yeah yeah i think so yeah because mm. oh, i remember yeah. y'all kept we had talking a whole about- episode devoted to white people taco night you know the kind of not too spicy lots of cheddar cheese lettuce and tomato type of yeah uh, crunchy el paso straight from the box taco night that that's what I that's Some what i white remember people now. know and love yeah because y'all yeah. kept talking about it and i was like
2: is this something that white people do and you guys were yeah. like, yes, this is a night we specifically have for tacos.
0: Yeah, it's taco night. Here's a snack tip that I've been doing. Take a tortilla and Miles, heat it.
3: save it for the advice section. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, this is, that, <laughs> and, and this is, this is uh, the Bonsignor snack tip of the week. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's, uh, I've been, as a snack, taking a tortilla and putting a little olive oil on a pan and just heating it up
3: both sides. Whoa. Wait, so something you're taking something that's already fried, <laughs> yeah, and then you're double frying it. Hell yeah, so, I
0: like the way you think, sir. Mm, but it kind of gives it just a little like, uh, I also have this kind of garlic. Uh, I don't yeah, know what, if it's even called you get a Italy. taste of Italy, yeah, you get a taste of Italy with the tortilla from, <laughs> <laughs> a tortilla from France. Uh, but yeah, you just kind of make it into a little chip,
3: <laughs> it's already a chip. <laughs> 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 I Miles. made my
1: own tortillas. I made my own fried fish. <laughs> and then I took the extra tortillas and I made tortilla chips. But actually, and then I, so I did but it all What Keith from is doing is
3: you should have said. Yeah. Well, I, I did see that, Keith, actually. That was that, that was pretty neat. How did you make tortillas from scratch? You fried them in a pan? They're, uh, so kind so tortillas
1: of, are very, very simple. You need a certain type of flour, though, called masa harina. And it need. is a corn flour that's been treated with lime or something. Um, But it basically gives it like as soon as you smell the flour, you're like, oh, that's that's corn tortilla smell. That's just Mm. what corn tortilla smell like. And it's just almost equal parts the flour and the water. You just work it a little bit. Let it rest for like five minutes. It doesn't grow or anything. It just sort of sticks to itself better. You flatten it with a tortilla press or a rolling pin and then no oil at all in the pan. You just throw it on a super fucking hot pan for about a minute on each side. And then that's it that's all you do. That's tortillas. Very, very simple. And then you can put them to the side and then uh, you take all your ugly ones or the ones that you think might be a little undercooked or a little like not as good. You just cut those up and then you uh, fry them as chips. And we fried the fish so that I took the, after the fish was done, I had all this fry oil. So I just cooked the chips in that uh, fry oil. Worked out great. And the thing about frying food is if it's your first time like using that oil to fry, you can just take that oil and put it right back into a jar uh, oh. After it's cooled down, and you can fry with it again.
3: You can fry with the same oil like five or six times. Oh. So while we're on the subject of food, let me tell you about a personal food disaster that Here happened go. to me recently. Yeah, but, you know,
0: there's go a lot of disasters
3: it. out in the world, but we're gonna share some like funnier ones. You guys know that I like baking bread. Well, since we've been quarantined, I've been on a journey to really start a sourdough starter. I'm, I'm creating a whole new sourdough starter from scratch. Previously, I've been doing a lot of yeasted breads just with the store bought yeast because you know it's easy. When we went on tour, my starter died and I haven't really fully brought it back. So it's been, it's, I've had some struggles. It hasn't worked out perfectly the first time, which has been, as a, you know, a, a experienced bread baker. That's been frustrating. One, one thing I tried to get the sourdough to rise better was you can put your dough in the oven as like, you know, a special proofing drawer. Right? They do this on Great British Bag off all oh, yeah. the time. Actually, I think they have real right. proofing drawers, but you can yeah. you can kinda you can put your dough in the oven and it's a controlled environment. You know, mm. say your house is a little chilly, that's gonna slow things down, so you gotta put it in the oven, but you don't turn the oven on. You just keep it there and it kind of like maybe it's like a little hot from something you baked that morning and it'll slowly rise. We had a little bit of a miscommunication because <laughs> um Ariel didn't know that I had done this. Oh boy. And started preheating the oven to make veggies. When she goes to put the veggies in, she opens it up and is like, What the fuck is this doing here? <laughs> the bread, like the bread in the bowl, had slowly been preheating and like half cooking to the point where it was like, sort of like half cooked around the outside and then it had a like kind of a domed middle that was still dough but it was now all kind of gooey and it had risen but it also sort of was like it was this weird like half cooked thing and i tried to save it by scooping it up and i was going to reshape it but the stuff on the outside was so crusty that what ended up happening was a disaster i had this like whole metal bowl with crusty bread on the outside and then like a divot like almost like a central donut shaped hole with just like gooey completely ruined dough in the middle and then the whatever i could salvage was just like falling through my hands because it had risen (laughs) past the point of being good it was just kind of dripping now and uh ruined my bowl ruined my heart like a bread pot pie. Yeah, made I a made bread a bread ball. pot pie, yeah. yeah. I tell you, if you've
1: ever accidentally turned on your oven not knowing that there was something in there, you know, it's a disaster. It's a the, disaster. The the one disaster I remember, and it's probably the only time as a kid I remember there being like a disaster in my kitchen. Because my parents, like they weren't the greatest chefs in the world, but they didn't burn stuff. The food was fine. It just wasn't like, like I wasn't like, whoa, this is, I'm a five-star cuisine. It was good. But we once had gotten Pizza Hut, The night before and for whatever reason we decided to store the leftover pizza hut in the oven in its cardboard box i don't know if if one of my brothers or i did this is clearly a stupid idea but the next day my dad turns on the oven to preheat it to make something for lunch and then suddenly there's fire fire in the <laughs> It's on fire. Oh, so no. our reaction is like, what do we do? So somebody grabbed, like, grabs the pizza box out on the one corner that's not on fire yet and runs outside which luckily our <laughs> kitchen was right by the door to throw it outside. But at this time, you must remember, I grew up with like 20 cats. <laughs> so <laughs> it runs outside with a that. box that <laughs> is just soaring with flames. And then there's cats. The cats are terrified. So the cats sprint in every direction as the box is tossed onto the ground and then someone else comes and just pours a gallon of water <laughs> onto it. And it is just smoldering, sticky pizza. And then of course then as soon as the fire's out, the cats come back because it smells like pizza. So the cats are trying to eat the the charred, soaked pizza as we're trying to get, make sure that like it's stomped out. It is oh chaos oh. and,
3: and fun. Did it set off a smoke alarm? No. Um, really? I don't
1: remember. Yeah, I, somehow but I don't remember that being the We had the, the most
3: like Sensitive smoke alarm. Growing up, like you would get something even a little bit smoky or a little bit burnt, and it would just set off the smoke alarm. Yeah, it made me think like, hopefully, when something's actually on fire, we actually have a smoke alarm. Like, it's not the boy who cried wolf situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I had a thing where one time uh, I was upstairs playing video games and my dad was out in the garden and the smoke alarm started going off. So I went downstairs and as soon as I like broke the threshold of where the stairs meets the first floor, it was very clear that there was like two or three feet of smoke. On oh. the ceiling of the around the whole first floor of the house because he had put you know like sometimes when you're trying to um, dry off a cast iron pan a good way to do it is to put it on the stove and to turn yes. it on right and, but mm-hmm. but uh, there was a, apparently a little bit of grease or something and so a grease fire had caught on the cast oh. iron pan so I ran into the kitchen and there's like flames coming off the grease fire. And smoke everywhere. Like I I had to like put my thing up for the smoke. And so I, I, thankfully I was like old enough that I kind of had an idea that a grease fire doesn't go out if you like don't put, put water like, on it right so because if you put water on it it explodes and it goes explodes. everywhere so i thankfully had enough wherewithal to just kind of like i blew it out i just went like mm. whoof, 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 and it like went out and i turned off the stove and stuff like that and then i was like went on the porch like panting and sweating and my dad was just like hey what's going on like
3: oh my god he had no idea what
0: happened in there <laughs> oh,
3: wow you saved the yeah. day i saved. The well, you day. know what you're supposed to do with grease fires is pour salt on it Oh really? I didn't suffocate it. Yeah, my mom would always keep like a big, giant thing of salt right on the stove, Mm -hmm. just in case. And I, I, you know, I thought it was kind of silly at the time, but now hearing your story, I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, that's why she did it.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you want to suffocate grease fires, uh, so they because they still need oxygen. They like the grease is also a fuel, but it still needs. But you can't like
3: put. I don't know, like a dish towel on it, because that's clam. If you don't suffocate it all the way, you're going to add more fuel Mm -hmm. to the fire.
2: Yeah, I think everyone went through a pyro phase when they were young. Oh, hell yeah. 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 It ended up being a tween. tween. I used to like to um, lay floss down and hairspray it and then light one end, and it (laughs) would mission impossible across
3: a room. Wait, across a room or outside? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Outside <laughs> wink, wink, I, you know wink. It's, it's fine it depends on what your floors are but like it's probably fine yeah. uh, <laughs> don't 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 take that as did a you ever best. do
1: hairspray um uh flamethrower hair yeah oh, oh that yeah. was oh my that's, that's like
3: the reason I was a boy scout was yeah. and on scouts they make you bring two things on camping trips one bug spray two matches mm-hmm we're mm-hmm. and, those, and make those two things make flamethrowers although they're very dangerous very it's, dangerous yeah. you should dangerous not do that do you them. should not do it if, you're no, like, but if, well, if somehow I'm you that out, do do them and you survive it uh it's a fun memory the danger <laughs> comes from sometimes <laughs> you shouldn't do it
1: the danger comes it can from if cle- you do the wrong angle it'll go back in the can and explode right exactly yeah
3: yeah yeah, it can, the and first sometimes time? you can see it. If you're spraying it, the flame will kind of slowly creep back towards the can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's why like, <laughs> you see news stories about people that blow their hands off with fireworks and stuff because it's all a little dangerous. I've got a story. Yeah, I've got Eugene. a story. This, <laughs> is, this is not gross. Um, well,
2: <laughs> depends on what you define gross as. I remember the first time I got in real big trouble. Real big trouble with my parents was in preschool. I was a, you know, puberty did not treat me well, but before puberty, I was a precocious little, rambunctious little, funny little guy. Shy, but funny, lots of personality. And I loved playtime in preschool where you get to, you know, play with the toys for like 30 minutes, but then you need to go back to whatever the fuck, you know, you got to do for your studies. Right. So after playtime, uh, the teacher would put the toys away and then she would always go straight into story time where you have to sit and, and listen. And I always hated that because I was like, no, I was playing with my blocks. So I got it in my head because I didn't know where she stored the toys. And she was a very, she was a very large woman who wore very big <laughs> moo dresses. And I was convinced <laughs> that she stored the toys <laughs> under her dress. <laughs> I was like, because <laughs> I'm a child. I was like, of course she does. She's like Lady Santa Claus. That's so she, keeps the good. I just like started devising this mission where I was like, <laughs> I'm going to liberate these toys. So one story time when we she's putting the toys away, I like hide behind her desk and she sits everyone down and she starts reading and I crawl from underneath <laughs> her chair and I reach up from beneath her. <laughs> She says I grabbed her boobies. I thought I was I don't know where my hands were going, but I grabbed and went, "Give me my toys." <laughs> oh
0: and, my god.
2: Yeah. And uh me my, my parents toys. were called to the school and I got in <laughs> real big trouble, but I was just like, I just remember my mom, she tells me the story and she um she said in the like administrator's office I was so adamant that the toys were hidden under her dress and then my mom kept saying like no it's because it's because she's like a larger lady so i was just so confused about <laughs> what i grabbed like i thought i grabbed something like stuffed animals it was a very funny
3: time for wow. children how old were you is this i think i was like four four or five
2: four, if it was
1: preschool, pre-school. yeah mm. wow. yeah Preschools three and four yeah the Give toys wow. were not there wow I definitely never did that. I loved preschool. (laughs) Preschool is dope because all I remember in preschool was that it was at my church. That was where our preschool was. We had a dope area with like lots of good playground equipment, uh, which was super fun. And then our snack was always cookies and like uh, fake juice, like punch, you know, like the, the milk cartons of red sugar water. It was always cookies and punch every day and so like i know that i'm gonna go outside someone's gonna give me cookies and punch and then they're gonna let me play for an hour it's basically the child equivalent of getting super lit right you're just like <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> it's a race for the best do you guys have like the best big wheel or the best like like uh like automobile type thing is like a super
3: little child at a communal oh, yeah. like play area
1: yeah, John there's always Bean the tractor. thing,
3: like the best part of the playground that you want to be at. Did y'all play house a lot? Yeah. You know how
2: it's, you know how it's weird? Like I always find it weird when I see little kids carrying like little baby dolls. Yeah. I just find it so bizarre, but I understand it's mm-hmm. like part of how we think as humans. Um, I always volunteered to play the dog. You know how there's always like a <laughs> wife and a husband and like mm-hmm. you're the kids you and I'd always be. be the dog? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I was usually assigned the dog, but. I thought it was still cool to be the dog.
0: I love in student productions of shows when like somebody has to play the dog, like in the P- in a Peter Pan middle school production. It's <laughs> yeah. <someone's> always like <laughs> the dog and like it's a real big to do in a show and it's the main comedy of the show because nobody's funny yet.
2: It's always Peter Pan. What's the dog's name?
0: Oh, God. Uh, and she,
2: Andy, he or she, I think it's a girl Nana or something,
3: right? Oh, oh Nana. Nana yeah. 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 I'm, I'm and thinking of the Sandy funny? from Annie.
2: Yeah, that's definitely a weird like we always have to cast a human to play this dog.
3: Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like they don't do that with Toto. Toto's a dog. They bring a dog Toto's on a for dog. Toto.
1: Yeah. I've seen some productions use the real dog for Peter Pan, but it's rare because it's a big old shaggy
3: dog. Oh yeah. That's a <laughs> big... know, those are probably the same productions that have uh, wires. Where Peter Pan oh, yeah. actually flies.
1: Oh, yo, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> when, I, when I was a senior at Niqua Valley High School. Now, this is right after I'd left Tennessee. And my first year at Niqua Valley was when I was a senior. We did Wizard of Oz complete with a fly system. Whoa. And it was crazy because it was also not the musical the Wizard of Oz. theater
3: could handle that?
1: Yes, our theater wow. so Nuga Valley is it is a public school but it's in one of the wealthiest uh like suburbs of Chicago. So it was a super well-funded public school and also a public school that like the school board just really loved the arts. So that was like a very lucky experience for me because they had a full fly system. They hired like a Chicago fly company to come in and fully rig it and like 3 Several people flew. Like they had like four dancers that did like a like jitterbug flight. We because we didn't do the musical, we did the play, which is weird right. because there's there's two different ones. But the all the witches flew. Dorothy obviously flew. Uh, oh. People were fucking flying. <laughs> we had oh this is the shit. Get this. Oh everybody, The listeners, buggle up. We put. Their house, the like the beginning house on casters. Mm-hmm. So when the tornado happened, people <laughs> spanned the house on stage, and it rotated and went all the way across the stage until it landed. And that time, they got to put legs. They like someone slid legs under it just as it landed. Whoa. It was like it must have been like a seventy thousand dollars. That is crazy. Yeah. That's wow. crazy. And they they helped fund it by they had like a little. Summer theater program for kids, and all the kids in the summer theater program would play the Munchkins in the high school production. So they had like that's how they got all this how the, how they afforded it because it was like so crazy. But also there were like twenty kids for different kids for each night of the production that had to be quickly like briefed on what their job was. So there's also <laughs> like always a kid just wandering around, which made for real fun. Yeah, uh, but we had a real dog uh, that was also replaced with a stuffed dog at some at some you know pivotal points. Um, but yeah, it was <laughs> fucking nuts, and I was a scarecrow, and it was dope. I oh, you'd be a such a good time. scarecrow. Yeah, I mm-hmm. was a perfect scarecrow. I was just falling down constantly,
3: <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> always prat falling, just constant falling down. So fun, Keith. People are clamoring for the try guys try musical theater after our improvised musical in the crocheting video.
1: Uh, yeah. Shout out to Huey Stonefish
3: for an amazing scoring uh, of that. Yeah, I, it I was totally so made good. it came alive. So if you haven't seen it, we just did a uh, try guys try crocheting video, and it was I don't know. Keith and I were getting a little stir crazy just crocheting all day, and we started making up this like World War One era love war. story musical mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> about. <laughs>
1: about it was about just uh, us about how we're in love and we miss each other yeah. basically mm-hmm. uh, YB had edited it and she did a really good job like pseudo scoring it with the like the tracks that we can use from our libraries and I was like it's you know what I think I think I could get this to Huey and he could score it in a couple days and he could and he did. We did a couple notes passes on it but he crushed it and it just really makes it feel real because yeah. it scored to us.
3: Whenever the silly notes we were singing then suddenly feel like they have the support of a full <laughs> yeah. swell of like, oh, he meant to do that transition yeah. Look in Look how tone. smart he is. Sort of a Sondheim meets Les Mis mm-hmm. with the touch of like all quiet on the western front.
1: I feel like we need to figure out another uh, musical to do so everybody can
3: get in on that
1: because i'm sure eugene would also have been a great added voice in that um in that musical
2: you just needed like uh me being the 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 man that keith left you for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and zach is the human dog be exactly. <laughs> the dog yeah, yeah. no oh, that, full circle that's, that's so funny because i think that besides college applications waiting for the cast list for a high school musical was the most oh, important yeah. thing in my life.
1: And wow. in college I had the same, cause I was a theater major. So the college was the same way. Oh my God.
2: Outside of, uh, pitching projects. Now the, the, the weight and the reveal of roles for high school plays and shows. I, I would, I would have like literal, I think panic attacks over it. Yeah. Just oh sitting God. and being like, and it is still the worst system. Like why would you post it in the hallway? For everyone to gather yeah, and, around and see, and also
1: like, there's like five kids that get close to it, so the other like ten kids like can't see it yet. And, and then you see somebody turn around, and go
0: yes. <laughs> 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 you know, go like, what? <laughs> and it's just like you're like,
1: what could that? What could it be? And as they're turning away, you finally mean? look. And I'm always like, a, like I was a pessimist in that situation. So I would stop like in the bottom. I would start in oh. the bottom and work up. and be like, I'm probably down here. Like,
2: oh, and then then you're like, oh my god, I'm not cast at all. And then you're
1: like, oh, I'm the scarecrow. <laughs>
2: My favorite yeah. was always, everyone has their Rachel Berry in their musical theater department. If you watch Glee, the, uh, the girl who always just walked up and she knew yes. she got one of the leads. And I just yeah. remember in my high school, uh, I was always involved in all the theater and choir shows, but the, the senior year was a scandal because she didn't get the lead. <gasps> and also her parents were one of the wealthier people in town who helped fund right. some of the school stuff because we didn't have very much money for the arts. So when she turned around, I, I was like, she's about to fucking... Kill us like she's pissed. Oh, shit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was that that was such a special time when you're in high school and you're you're waiting for you. you just, so the most most important thing is doing these musicals, and I think that that's just yeah. you know you can't really replicate that because once you go to college, like now this is coming full circle because we talked about what were the professions you would have done if you weren't oh, in entertainment, yes, right? Yes, yeah, mm. and one interesting fact about me was I was I never did film prior to graduating because we didn't have that in my area so i was i was like choir theater kid all the way choir theater band all that shit so i was gonna do musical theater in new york what instrument did you play i was an oboist oboe that's right yeah Mm -hmm. i played the oboe for four years uh but that was more middle school through beginning of high school because i didn't want to do marching band i was like fuck waking up at 4 a.m i get Um, that and in Texas, you're like, I don't want to be around football games. It's, it's a every real thing day. in Texas. Yeah.
1: It's one of those. So it's the same with Tennessee.
2: Yeah, I did. I was like theater and choir every single day. But I was basically, I was going to do go to NYU for theater, and then I gone to USC for film. And it was my mom. My mom literally looked at me in the eye and said, "Well, I guess I'll see you in every Miss Saigon production."
3: Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> she was
2: like, "There's no roles for Asian people." She yeah, kind of I mean, like said wow. that. That was her major thing. Hamilton hadn't happened yet. We hadn't had the moment where it was like, I can be anything. But yeah, that was what I was going to do besides film was pursue theater. But I'm really glad I didn't just because that's a tough life in New York. Oh my God. It's tough. I mean, I majored
1: in it and I obviously, uh, I did adjacent to it. You know, I did improv and did that professionally for a couple of years, just like Ned did. um, A lot of improv in Chicago. Um, But I... yeah, Tough to make a living. It's... And Mm -hmm. also just like theater... I, I, in college, like I, so I did theater in college, so I still had the cast list gets posted situation, except they would do auditions at the beginning of the semester for all of that semester's productions. So you would go in and you not only would you see what you got, you would just see what play you were even in, because there would be like five productions. And uh, then you'd see like if you got in any of them. And if you got in like one, you like could turn it down. They really didn't like it when you did that. Um but you could, in theory, and then you could maybe be in a, a like a lower production because they would do like the main stage and second stage at the same time. And then they would do like the MFAs, which are like the Master of Fine Arts directing projects, and there's something else. And there was like a tier of how many you could be in. Uh, but it was I never got cast well in any production at college. So I was like, okay, either I'm a terrible actor, which may be true, or I'm just a really bad <laughs> no. auditioner, which is this felt how it was. I was a terrible auditioner. The whole like set up of going in and we would you had to audition in the theater you go into the theater to an empty theater and there would be 10 people at the very back of the theater so you couldn't see them so you have to perform for people in the back row of an empty room yeah (laughs) and you and it was just there was so much like tension about it you were kept in a long line in the hall for forever and you would be there for like two hours because they'd get behind and then you'd have to go in and do your monologue and you're kind of hearing everybody else do their monologue and you you're rooting for each other but you're also like but don't you fucking beat me and it's just such a terrible tense situation that after i was out of college i like never auditioned for anything again i'm like well i i don't want to be in plays it was too intense i'm just going to do improv and yeah make my yeah, own content. yeah. <laughs> there were
3: there was some of that in my college but the cool thing is there was there were so many like extracurricular productions that after you know i did some of the bigger productions but half of what i ended up doing was just sort of having an idea for a production getting together with a couple of friends or kind of like high level collaborators and it's like okay let's do this like and mm-hmm. you, it was kind of more learning how to be a producer and then yeah. you would be a, an actor and yeah. you know one role or another because you were kind of that's that was the point of it but uh, like that that level of it was there were some cast lists but so much more it was Uh, let's just like, we want to make this play. Yeah. We'll apply for a grant, get like a couple thousand bucks, which is Mm -hmm. so much for props when you're in college. You're like, what? I just got (laughs) $5,000 to spend on props and costumes. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. It's extreme. And then the um, one thing that was a funny way to get cast was for like uh, improv groups or, or I mean, acapella groups were even worse. And I won't talk about that, but the the improv groups you would audition <laughs> as a freshman, and then when you were in the group, you were in that group for like all four years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Some sophomores would get in, a, but it's like mostly that's sort of like, yeah. ooh, I think I want to do this. I'm gonna do it as a freshman, and then it's like that's like part of your identity. That's yeah. your thing. <laughs> You're so the rather improv than posting term, a yeah. cast list for that. The uh, way it yeah. happens is after the final night of auditions, you know the older people in the group go and deliberate and they pick who they want and they pick alternates and you just like stay up really late at night because it is known that that is going to be what they call tap night, where if you like get tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, you, you're you in the group. But what actually ends up happening is at 3 a.m., a group of people wearing brightly colored t-shirts slams on your door, yeah. says like, <laughs> hey, do you want to join the improv group? And then you're like, "Uh, yes." Then you get whisked on, uh, you know, a wild initiation. Oh wow! You did it in that
1: moment. You just initiated, like you, you just immediately took them and did something to them. Yes. Yes. Wow. We just
0: called them. <laughs> we do the same thing where, I mean, improv is such a cult. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But, uh, and it's, I'm sure it's, Ned, my experience is very similar to yours, But we'd like took it so seriously. We'd sit there with our little notebooks and we're like taking notes, being like, this person said this, that was funny. What, like, maybe yeah. mm-hmm. they're the funniest one. And then like we would initiate, we'd drive to their dorm or whatever, pick them up and like, blindfold them put them in the back of the car be like you don't know where you're going and then we'd like have some <laughs> something and then hand them a beer. We yeah. Then we we punch him in the face <laughs> then we fucking hit him yeah <laughs> no, i am um,
3: it's silly but it does build a sense of community oh totally yeah, I, mean, I mean i was yeah. my life in
0: college for sure yeah.
1: <laughs> i did my spring cleaning <clears throat> recently and found my audition notebook where i wrote things about people and the oh, scene that wow. they were doing and it's like some of it's just like like actual things like just one liners that I liked, And some of it like this guy's terrible. How long am I going to have to watch this guy do
3: this terrible scene? I or remember god, the notes are so bad where it's like green shirt, funny voice. Yes. Like, what yeah. is that, what is that If you don't remember what that person did, how is that going to help you? Or just yeah. like, oh boy, he's playing a grandpa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just like really condescending because you're like once you're in that position of being the auditioner you're like now I have ultimate power and also like I you know I got in as a freshman in mine too so once I was a sophomore and I got to judge then you're also judging the sophomores and juniors and very occasionally seniors who are still auditioning for the group and now it's for the first time in college you've had the power hierarchy (laughs) like switch I'm like oh aha you want to be in my performing ensemble do you well make a funny Joke.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have a funny theory about. So it's interesting because I think improv and acapella are the two most hardcore sort of arts-oriented <laughs> clubs in college that suddenly yeah, become like just theatrical acapella. They <laughs> turn into they turn into like the varsity yeah, jock stereotype like pseudo, from high school movies. Pseudo frats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think my th- my theory is that you know athletics and academics in high school, unless you went to an arts magnet. It's kind of like a free-for-all, right? So you have clearly very talented young kids, but you also have people who are just there, who just want to be in it. And you're always mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you can be, you know, the dog in Peter Pan or the tree. But then you go to college and you're surrounded by, for the first time, lots of people who are focused and serious. It's all the people yep. who got at the top of the cast list. Everyone
3: who is the lead in their high school musical yep. is now in college with you. And yeah, <laughs> and I feel like outside
2: of the school... Uh, ordained um, productions you have acapella and improv groups and those are the two student runs ones where they can just yeah. be brutal Ooh. about like I don't talk about this because I, it opens up Ken worms, but I did oh, do yeah. acapella in college. Hell yes. And no way! <laughs> yeah. what I, oh, I, I never have talked, been talked been about this. Yeah, 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 I, mean,
1: I was bored Shut I was, up!
3: Oh my right, god! I'm not gonna talk about I it. it. This huge. is huge. Well, you did acapella. This is huge. I, <laughs> why have you not talked about it's this? Because it's not necessary. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's so funny. It's funny. Yeah, I wasn't in. But I would. I would. If even if I was embarrassed about it, I would love to like make fun of my past self because there's oh, there's just so many like very specific things that acapella groups do well i i actually pitched?
2: didn't audition the group asked me to join because <laughs> hey. they, they knew one of them uh knew of me from someone else and you know i did choir for like seven years when i was a kid mm-hmm. so they were like oh this guy he can sing and also he can choreograph because i had cho- choreography skills so mm. the the usc acapella scene probably like your schools was very competitive. Like they have acapella groups that yeah. went on to like NBC shows and stuff like that. So I mean, it was yeah. brutal because they were, I I quit after a year cause I was like, this is too, people are too mean to each other. Like it was not, I already had to deal with my film major. So being in acapella groups was just way more stressful than I anticipated. Like I didn't want to go to college to join a frat and it kind of, did ended you being,
1: sing? I saw the sign. <laughs> are you sure <laughs> no that's a
2: classic sure. one thank god no but another group did another what group was the most was-
3: like classic song that was part of your repertoire
2: one the one i liked was under pressure that was one oh of- that's yeah. so good and of course <laughs> with a quick a quick oh, vanilla yeah. ice rap break that's like yeah. a classic oh boy. acapella oh boy. yeah that's awesome um but yeah, we don't. We're gonna brush over this because I'm just like, <laughs> no, not, no, no. We got this. So this ends. is uh, like, well, did I'm you
3: acapella ever do a, professionally? A, a like a competition? <laughs> yeah, professionally. No no, 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 no.
2: It was just because they're like, believe- Eugene has a singing background. Let's put him in the group. And
3: I was like, there okay, is no sure. Eugene. There's no reason to be ashamed of it. It is just fodder for <laughs> hilarity.
2: We'll do. Oh, we'll do a video. One it's day, actually I'm sure. one of the most oh, requested yeah. videos yeah. we
1: have that we haven't done. Would be acapella. And so, and just more music in general. We've very we've done very little music. We have a lot of music ideas,
2: uh, but well, musical theater we could definitely do once Broadway reopens because the best would be trying to do something with an actual cast, an actual thing yeah. in New York. Yeah. And then acapella, we always have the option of hitting up yeah. pentatonic. So I think we could that would collab be lab with which unbelievable. Um, yeah, they're great people. But what about um? What's the profession you guys were considering before? If you were not to do anything artistic. Like what was that? I mean, yeah, Ned's true. yours is pretty obvious, right? But what if what if you weren't oh, oh, asked? Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean, I literally had a prior profession of mm. being a scientist. Yeah, but what if what if you weren't right? a scientist? Yeah. What if I yeah. weren't that? Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Well, I mean who is mine?
0: Ned's life just flashed before his <laughs> eyes. No, I
3: mean there's there's like a related I was looking into going to business school to do hmm. green energy consulting where you're sort of in the more business <laughs> aspects of a scientific or industrial field. But if I were totally not doing anything related to green energy, uh, I mean, I, I went through like a, a an early astronaut phase, but then I also went through a late astronaut phase where it's like, <laughs> I'm like 14 and I'm like seriously... Charting out how (laughs) I might, you know, structure my career so that I could work at NASA Jet Propulsion Lab or SpaceX wasn't really a thing back then. But, you know, that would be a a cool place to work. Literally be a rocket scientist or astronaut. I realized that I I could either be a fighter pilot Mm -hmm. or a scientist that studied something that had to be in outer space.
1: I think you'd also probably do what I might have done, which is be like a mechanical engineer. You might have been, I guess a chemical engineer would be a very close second to being a chemist. Uh, yeah. But I think with with my Here? like, what I was doing as a kid where I would just build stuff, I think I'd be a mechanical engineer for something that's fun, like designing pinball machines. Mm-hmm, like, right. you know, I would still want it to be like <laughs> something you engage with and it brings you like laughter and joy, but I could see myself built being a a builder just because i was very interested in like creating things as a kid
3: oh yeah i actually i went to like i got into cornell for engineering as like many of the schools i applied to were engineering schools because i built robots in high school i was part of a like a robotics club and I thought that like Mechie was what You could have I, grown up to be a supervillain, Ned.
1: You could have been a supervillain.
3: You could have been yeah, a I know, rocket scientist I could have, too, yeah. Builds,
1: <laughs> builds robots and then you put those robots <laughs> in your rockets and you attack the
3: world. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of a lot of jobs when you explain them very high level yeah. are quite cool. And mm-hmm. then oh, yeah. maybe when you're in the day-to-day can be kind of tough. Like the 30-second version of my job at the chem lab is like so cool. It's like, oh, we took... Uh, renewable energy sources like animal fats or vegetable oils and turn them into diesel fuel through like chemical catalysis you know in practice that's me hauling (laughs) around a truck full of oil (laughs) uh, monitoring (laughs) scopes and measuring out things and making sure that whatever whatever was processing according to plan so you know I mean but then again there are parts of our job even right now that are not that glamorous. So I think it's just all, all jobs yeah. have some not so glamorous parts and you gotta remind yourself what the bigger picture is To
2: Well, I had a dream that many children had when they wanted to grow up. I wanted to be, for a while, a marine yes. fucking biologist. Yes. Oh, yes. Dolphins. Yes. Let me tell you, as an animal lover for life, I think as a very little kid, I was like paleontologist, yes. fuck uh-huh. yeah, bones, right? <laughs> then I moved into like a vet phase where I was like pets, fuck yeah. But then I was like, no, that's too local, right? I wanna be like international. So I just went, of course, marine biology, because the ocean is so unexplored and there's so much we need to do with the environment. I got very angry as a kid about environmental issues. So this is a suppressed memory, but I remember as my parents were also weighing out like, Oh, Eugene's going to go to like film or theater school. I applied after my junior year of high school to two, um, uh, conservation internships, summer internships in Madagascar and the Galapagos. And I got into both. (gasps) And then my mom, uh, Went up to me and handed me a uh, a film camp submission. She said, "You're not going to one of those islands." She was oh like, "You're God. going to f- you're going somewhere like in the states. I'm not letting you go like to fucking Madagascar <laughs> to save sea turtles." That would have been so cool. <laughs> it would have been cool, but she was like, "No, you're not doing that." I know you want to go to film school, so probably we'll offer expensive. you film camp. That's a yeah. great. Yeah, it was pricey.
1: This is a lesson. I think here. this is a really good tactic which is if there's something you really wanna do and your parents are like, ah, I don't know about that, pick something horrifying to them as your new passion and then they were like, you know, what? Crazy. Yeah. maybe true, film school is a good idea. It's was like, you know what? I've decided I'm actually going to go <laughs> I think <that> um, was <laughs> explore, explore the ocean on a yacht. Uh, I'm just going to work as a ship boy. I'll be gone for eight yeah.
2: months. And they're like, not nah, uh, how about? I feel like that was definitely part of the reverse psychology because I didn't tell them I was applying until I got in. And then I was like, yo, this is like a prestigious thing. And I'm going to go to the Galapagos for six months. And they said no, you're going to film camp. So I knew the Madagascar it was specifically saving sea yeah. turtles. I mean, and I was yeah. like, fuck yeah! <laughs> and then something, whatever the woman the Galapagos was, I knew that I could swim with the iguanas, and I was like, double fuck yeah! So oh, I was so cool. pumped. But I think <laughs> I also probably did it just because I also really smart. wanted to go to film camp.
3: Uh, I did a Northwatch internship, and a lot of them are kind of like that, where it's like <clears throat> swimming with the sea turtles. But mine was astrophysics and looking at the stars in los alamos new mexico at the los alamos <laughs> national laboratory wow.
1: yeah all all my camps were just going to concert band camps where i would just like for a weekend or a week play <laughs> with a bunch of other kids from tennessee who just fucking loved playing music and we i just i went to the southeast chamber music institute and like the east tennessee like this this song place just so much music so like i would go to th- Two to three music camps a summer, not including my own like marching band camp. So like all summer was just music, 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 music and it was it was great it was super fun and a great way to meet other kids and have you know little week long romantic relationships with someone else I uh, was going to I don't
3: don't kiss until but do I remember the kiss yeah, yeah what'd you
1: guess you know the one like little relationship i remember <laughs> having that it did not never happen but it was like we had this very nice flirtation uh and it was because this girl was like super tall and she and i think there was some like there was a uniqueness in me. of like never meeting a really tall girl, and her also being like a tall guy who was maybe like interested in her. But she played contra bassoon, uh, like just the, it's basically a huge fucking bass bassoon. Just the goofiest looking (laughs) instrument that, and you actually have to be tall to play it. Because if you don't, you have to sit on like pillows because the way it's like a contrabass bassoon or something like that, or a berry bassoon, they're huge. Yeah, they're just huge. Contrabassoons, bassoon. Huge ass goofy instruments and she played it. And I was was also just drawn to like, (laughs) what an instrument, how do you play that beast? And then we had all this flirtation (laughs) over this like weekend, like this chamber music weekend. Um, And then when it got to the concert, her boyfriend showed up to watch her in the concert, and we had to oh, like pretend, but like was there kidding. was still there was like a, there was like a spark, oh. you know, we saw each other even as she was like saying hi to her boyfriend, she like looked over at me because she saw me seeing her with her boyfriend, and she also was like she knew she had, we'd had this little courtship of sorts so I could but I could see a little bit of her being like, wow, a little heartbroken because she also was interested in me, but it couldn't happen. it couldn't come true.
2: I had a tweet from about two years ago, a poll where I, I said that I felt strongly that there are four main houses that kids interested in science nerd out the most over. And I asked which people belong to between dinosaurs, robots, the ocean, and outer space. Do you know which one mm. got first place out of 34,000 votes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Space. But if you want to go to space, you really need <laughs> you really need an expert. <laughs> you know, a group of experts, a team of experts with tons of education and experience to help you get to space. We don't have that. So here's some advice from Miles. Advice will go for Miles. Unseen. With Miles. See, this well, is why I, I don't tee t- t- it up. Here we go.
0: It's advice that'll go, go for Miles. Tune into your radio station. It's advice that'll go for Miles. Everyone get ready. Miles.
1: Oh, he's doing. He's doing. Miles
0: nation. Oh if God. I sail, <laughs> go four miles. Woo. If I sail, go four miles. What's up, Miles Nation? How's everybody doing woo. tonight? Oh, yeah.
3: hot. Woo, woo. Pretty good. Yeah. It's Monday. Have you ever wanted to be soaked? <laughs> Depends on what context. Have you ever wanted to bang? Oh, boy.
0: In a hospital? Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Easy. Let's Easy. see where he's going.
0: I see a person in there oily. I see a slippery little anchovy.
1: Is that a cheerleader <laughs> thing? Uh, do, a cheerleader for a minute? Do,
3: do you want to sit
0: in a hole?
3: Right, starting over. <laughs> Depends on the context. <laughs>
0: Watch Grey's Anatomy in the turb.
3: <laughs> oh, in the tub? <laughs> Watch right, Grey's right. Anatomy uh,
0: in the turb. <laughs> I spy uh, with my little eye a show called Grey's Anatomy. It has 16 seasons. It has 24 episodes per season. Each episode is an hour long. It has days of television about sexy, steamy doctors that are hotter and better than you. And they die and you cry in the (laughs) turb.
3: Uh, I, I, <laughs> did, wait, okay, so what
1: day did you do this? Because oh, yes. Normally, this is something you did a couple days ago. It's
3: just, uh, 16 days of time. I've been
0: taking a bath a day during quarantine.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I find that it is an excellent use of time because it's an hour long and we have the time. And also, it motivates me to exercise because then I know I'm going to get stinky and I deserve a bath. Mm. You, bath- you bathed for oh. an hour? Well because i'm watching grace in the turb it's about 45 minutes an episode so you must be
3: so dehydrated I, when yeah, you
0: get, I am. yeah you
3: must be I, so pruney i get
0: out so <laughs> so thirsty i i i, I put I, my, I i have put we have an ipad in the house i put it on a little tripod and i leave it right outside of the turb
3: and so you're watching gray's anatomy on an ipad that is mounted on a tripod uh, in the turb so it kind of looks like an easel yeah or the- like a conductor's stand well yeah but it's showing you gray's anatomy yeah it's such a funny image sometimes i do why don't you just rest it on (laughs) (laughs) sometimes i do literally anything
0: else well because i have a little holster for the ipad that i put onto the tripod but sometimes i flaunt it sometimes i do something that's a little naughty i plug in the ipad next to the turb Oh, that's not Ooh, that's good. A little that's a I know, but I really do am. I'm very careful.
3: This is not part of the. <laughs> <artist>. <laughs> I already taught the listeners to do flamethrowers. Let's not also okay. have an Yeah, don't themselves. do that
0: part. But what I like about Gray's Anatomy and the Turb is if I'm like <laughs> I know that I get to take a bath and watch Gray's for 45, <laughs> then that'll motivate me to get on the exercise bike for 30. So I'm burning an hour and a half. And here's another tip on the exercise. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking, I'm taking the tripod, and I'm putting it next to the to the Burke, and I'm biking. And sometimes I'll knock out two episodes a day because oh. I'm doing one on the bike and one in the turf, <laughs> one wow. in the turf. So I'm feeling frosty, I'm feeling fly, <laughs> and I'm feeling good. Grey's Anatomy is an amazing show. It makes me weep. It makes me moan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because oh, they're boy. so hot, they're such they're, hot just, they're so sexy, and they also are very emotional. So it's a good show. I love it, and I'm on season twelve. No spoilers. Haven't you ever seen
2: a murder mystery from the '40s of someone who listens to the radio next to their tub?
0: <laughs> oh, and don't, they get they get dead. Yeah,
2: someone pushes it in. You know, <laughs> it's don't you yeah. know. That would be the mm-hmm. stupidest way for you to go
0: out. Be I like, think well. that my girlfriend's ready to push the iPad into the turf <laughs> yeah. and,
3: and electrocute me. Wait, so wait. Uh, oh, so this isn't the... something that you guys share. This is like your thing. <laughs> she's uh, like, okay, yeah. She's opted.
0: Well, we've all four hundred
3: <laughs> hours worth of television to <laughs> yeah. watch by she, yourself. <laughs> Good luck.
0: She doesn't like watching it because it gives her medical anxiety, and it because it's a, it's about people with like rare conditions. So mm.
2: I watched Grays intermittently. Are you mm. past the plane? Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. The, yeah. the Grey's Anatomy does this thing where there's a giant disaster every season that kills off primary Huge characters. Disaster, it's yeah. incredible, mm. though. Every time I'm like, oh, my God, an earthquake in Seattle. No way. And it, <laughs> well, it started with the episode. And Game of Thrones
2: could never. It started with the episode where the bomb was in the body right? That's what there's, they call a it, a the, there's a bomb in a body. There's a bomb in the body. Yeah, that was the one where they were like, I think this show is going to continually jump the shark, but I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm totally okay with it because it's playing with my emotions.
0: Oh, yeah. It's the steamy drama one-to-one that you're going to want to watch out for. Um, and also, what's great about the show is it opens with the inner monologue from Ellen Pompeo. So if you're not sure what the theme of the episode is, don't worry, she's going to tell you.
3: Mm. <laughs> I like it. Well... <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening everyone just be can't. sure to subscribe to the tripod <laughs> rate us five stars to help other people discover the show and check us out on youtube youtube.com slash tripod youtube.com slash try guys shop the store at tryguys.com that also helps support our staff at second try who are all still gainfully employed during this pandemic? I'm, I'm can't shake the image of. Uh, are we just brushing over Miles like laughing
2: and crying in the tub with his <laughs> his tripod and iPad, <laughs> I wanna watching be honest. hundreds of hours of <laughs> Grey's I, Anatomy? It, How?
3: It, it it feels very very truthful and very <laughs> really what it seems great advice for this day and age now mm-hmm. more than ever. Mm-hmm. And
0: the great part about, yeah, the great part about being in the turb is if you cry because an episode is <laughs> emotional, which I <laughs> did the other what? day,
1: you just wash your tears away. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs>
3: Until next time, Keith, hit us with the official tripod no. theme song
1: and I can't (laughs) wait to sit at my table and sprinkle everything on into my shells and eat each taco as fast as I can so I can have another taco. That's the second verse.
3: Until next time, stay beautiful.
2: That was the worst advice Miles ever.